0: Hey Vikings fans, number 96 Brian Robinson is bringing NYC's cheesiest food stand to U.S. Bank Stadium. Visit Mac Truck Mac and Cheese on Minnesota Vikings game days for a new game time snack.
1: Yeah, I appreciate it. It was pretty cool. I got to meet Sammy before the game. He said you can tie it, but don't break it. So I tied it and didn't break it.
0: I <laughs> hope you break it. Right yeah. bar. I, mean, I think we all hope you break it.
1: Yeah, I just couldn't do it with him in attendance. You get over there, they do a great job of scheduling, hey, the flight you're gonna fly overnight. you get there and some morning time there. So just trying to really just match that up. Sleep on the plane, wake up, do your whole thing the whole day. You're gonna be tired that next day.
0: This is the Minnesota Vikings podcast brought to you you buy pepsi that's what i like pepsi the official soft drink of the minnesota vikings hey guys i'm tatum everett with gabe henderson and jay nelson here in tco studios with our producer eric davidson and the first question i have to ask is because i don't feel like i have Have you guys recovered from that exciting win yesterday in us bank stadium gabe
2: yeah i never really got too high on it
0: oh you sound like a player um i I do i do
2: i do sound like a like i don't Yesterday was a win, and I'm happy we won. But I was just looking at what do we need to change following yesterday's win. So I I have recovered. Um, I recover, like, early this morning because I got a good night of sleep last night. So, yeah, I'm feeling good. Gave
0: into the 24-hour rule.
2: That's a good
3: one for him. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I'm not. Now, <laughs> Packers game, it took me about four or five
2: days, but I'm good now.
3: I was okay in the game up until the final two minutes when it was as close as it was, and then it turned into shank that kick. Shank that kick. Yeah. And when we so when it gave us a chance and we went down and we hit it, you know, fist bump, heck yeah, you know, everything, everything's uh, exciting on that end. And then driving home, it's the exhaustion of the day from getting mm-hmm. up at four in the morning and stuff kind of kicks in on the way home. But you're still just kind of thinking through, man, you know, it's another crazy Detroit Lions game uh, the way it was previous, what, three years at this point. And, and I know this is a new look uh, Detroit Lions, but man, that, that ending had all the telltale marks of what's happened over the last few seasons with this Vikings-Lions rivalry at this point.
0: Yeah, we're gonna get to that in just a second. I found that if I'm not in the press box, which is how I usually watch games, or I'm not at the studio getting ready for a post-game show and I'm actually like in the tunnel watching the game, I am a big fan. Sure. I definitely overreacted. I got really excited about things. I acted like a fan. I probably need to rein that in a little bit.
2: And the tunnel is, where you stand in the tunnel is right where KJ Osborne scored the game that, when he maybe touched Maybe that was down, part so. of it too. That probably, yeah, you're probably trying to come down from that adrenaline.
0: Yeah, and you know, I, I think too, being in a game. So the Green Bay game was obviously loud and fun, but being in a game where it like came down to the final drives, I hadn't experienced that in U.S. Bank Stadium. And boy, that crowd, that's a huge factor. I was sitting back, going, okay, this is really cool.
3: There was a roller coaster of emotion going on in that stadium all day long because you get down fourteen nothing early. Fans are getting restless, a couple play calls, a little bit of booze that are kicking in. Cause the fans really want to see you. you now, they wanted to see the high flying offense that this was week one. They wanted to see us come out and, and put a best foot forward after week two. Um, and then you get to the back end of the game, you know, they they've got the lead, the 10-point lead. You start seeing some people heading for the exits, and you're just sitting there going, man, you've never you haven't paid attention to this team for a while. Like these are gonna, these are potentially gonna be nail biters. And um, so, yeah, once it got to the point where there was a legitimate shot, offense got the ball back. The fans were – it was kind of that uh, quiet buzz Mm -hmm. where they want to say something, but they know we're on offense, so they want to be respectful and be kind of quiet while it's going on. But, man, when you you hit that touchdown and and the whole roof popped off that place, it was a lot of fun.
0: That was a lot of fun. Definitely more fun when you're on that side of a close game. And we have a fun show ahead, including our guest of the day, Adam Thielen, coming off his 50th career touchdown – but right now, it is time for our 3M play of the week. From the field to the roof and everywhere in between, 3M, the official science partner of the Minnesota Vikings, is here. Visit vikings.com backslash Science to learn more.
1: Madison motions to the backfield. Cousins out of the shotgun with no timeout.
2: Trailing 24-21. Takes the snap. Straight drop. He's going to fire.
0: it indeed KJ with the game ceiling touchdown it was an obvious play for me to pick but there were several honorable mentions if you had to pick an honorable mention play that wasn't the KJ touchdown Gabe what would it be
2: that is a great great question I
0: just thought of it actually it's not in the script so I surprised you
2: it would probably be the play before because we we were on the opposing 44 yard line and KJ had a 28 yard reception in the play before it and he had the 28 yard touchdown so that was a cold-blooded play, and K.J. just being able to find the ball at the last minute. Kirk kind of lobbed the ball up where K.J. should be, and K.J. was getting out of his route, and then he looked up, and the ball was there. And um, just being a former receiver, running crosses across the middle, it's tough to like gauge a ball and try to see where the cornerback is, to try to see if you're going to get hit between when you're catching the ball and when you're supposed to fall. So the fact that he caught that, got a few yards, and we got to a point where the clock was stopped after K.J. made that catch. <laughs> And KJ scored the touchdown.
3: So, yeah, I would say they played before. That was a good one. For me, they're 1A, 1B, which are our turnover and downs defensively, getting those fourth down stops, mm-hmm. yeah. let alone you know, the other missed field goals that happened on fourth down. But those fourth down stops were massive. It was a huge kind of momentum killer for the Lions. They had been rolling during the game. It was getting to the point where, you know, as a Viking fan, and I'm sure as the, the coaches and players, you're like, this can't get too far out of hand like the previous week had – and you're starting to see kind of signs of that and saying, man, we got to get back in this game. And on those fourth down stops, they were just massive in that if the Lions had proceeded to get the first down or for some of those as deep as they were uh, on the Vikings territory, you would have the potential that one, they're bleeding more clock. You wouldn't have had a chance to get a shot at the end of the game. And on top of that, if they get the score, it's, it's almost out of hand. The fact that you had two double digit comebacks within that game was massive, and so for me, those those fourth down stops were incredibly critical.
0: Yeah, there were very big moments that you can sit there and put under a microscope, and and the feeling was weird because I like we told we talked about last time in Philly, the game felt worse than the score looked. Yeah, and now in this game, it's almost like yeah, you win, but did it? And it feels great because of the dramatics of it all. But when you take a step back and you look at it, you're kind of like, wow, we were really really lucky or that good.
2: That's why. Coming back and I feel like clawing back, no, no pun intended, against these Lions that, you know, had more rushing yards, had more total yards, were better than us on fourth down. And um, it really showed the resiliency of this team. But, yeah, there were there were a few moments in that game that any Vikings fan could
3: say, man, like, how are the Vikings going to pull this thing off? For me, to that point, uh, think about last season where you were wanting in those two minute situations to hold on and you couldn't close out games this is one where you were able to, you know, claw back into it and hold on for those final forty five seconds. Like
0: Jay with the big picture.
3: But no, yeah. but that's my but that's, that's my mean, point. A lot is, of people say that's the thing is for me, like trying to keep that in perspective a little bit, going, yeah. man, you know, we we really, you know, for lack of a better term, we had no business winning that game, but yet we did versus, you know, some of the the kind of downtrodden feelings after the games last year where you would give up games in the final two minutes, you actually got one in the final two minutes. And so that was huge.
0: Playing to win the game, not playing to lose. And you know how many times we said that last season? Man. This team was playing to win. They weren't playing not to lose, right?
3: And you even saw that at the end of the first half. You know, yeah, there was a timeout called, and they were trying to there's 20 some seconds left. You would assume, well, you can just kneel it and run it out and go back to the locker room. This offense has the mentality, no, we got 25 seconds left. We can at least get into field goal range or or more. We're going to take a chance and we're going to take a shot to see if we can improve the position that we were in because at that time you were still trying to to claw back from the 14 nothing issue that was going on after essentially the very beginning of the second quarter. You were still trying to get back to even at that point before half and they had that killer mentality of we're going to go for this thing and see if we can get some more points right before half.
0: Well, there were several overreactions, I'm sure, on Twitter, throughout the game, after the game. So I figured we would have an overreaction Tuesday and talk about four Things Should we be overreacting about this or where's the temperature sure. on what this, on what's going on? So the first one's kind of a fun one because as good as the Lions and high on the Lions as people were talking about them coming into this game, they're still one and two. They still kind of let the game go a couple of times there. Are the Lions still the Lions, Gabe?
2: Yes. (laughs) Us winning the game this year against the Lions, well, I guess this past Sunday reminded me of the Baltimore Ravens game last year that they lost before they played us, where Justin Tucker hit the 66 yard field goal. Uh, The Ravens marched the ball down the field to get in their field goal range, like with 10 seconds on the clock. And uh, fast forwarding to this game, like that missed field goal, it's just like, why don't you pooch that? Or, like, why don't you, like, I mean, there was a bunch of what ifs, but I think the, their big nail in the coffin was my point of them calling a timeout after KJ has that first 28-yard reception. It's like, what are, what are we doing here? So it stopped the clock. We got another play in, and we really had an opportunity to
3: to throw that game winner. So, yeah, the Lions are still the Lions. Here's the thing for the Lions. If they hit their kicks, they won that game. And they had three 40-yard field goals that they attempted, and they missed two of them, only one of them being from 54, and the other ones were within 40-48 to 48 range For for the other two. They only hit one of them if they hit – either of those other two they're down by one but if they have both of them you know that's six points that they're, they're ahead and we're really chasing it's out of hand for us so for me the lions if they're the lions um that was kind of a little bit of a, a theme that they ran through hard knocks wise saying trying to change that mentality i think as this coaching staff becomes more and more solid in what they should be doing and and having you know these kind of mistakes like this that are essentially costly to cost the game you know it's the what if, yeah, maybe it would have prevented us from scoring that touchdown, but you don't fully know. But for me, the Lions, you know, and it, it's kind of the thing, until you can get out of that rut and out of that same pattern of behavior, people are just going to look at you in, in a similar fashion. And I think for them, there's a very real chance it could be 3-0, and, and the two losses they had were really rough.
2: Yeah, I, I know this isn't the DLP, the Detroit Lions podcast, <laughs> but, we, I mean, you look at that and you say, okay, that last play, you lost eight yards, like, just from that missed field goal because wherever the place kicker knee is, when he kicks the ball, that's where the opposing team gets the ball. And it's just like, why don't you just hunt the ball? Or why don't you just run? I mean, it's fourth and two. You're four of six on fourth down the entire game. Why don't you just run the yes, ball? Yes, so, in your favor. But back to the Minnesota Vikings podcast network. No, the I, Vikings won. I, you guys are right, though.
0: <laughs> ding, ding, ding. It is not an overreaction. The Lions are still the Lions. Good job. Yeah. Next one. Justin Jefferson getting shut down the last two games. Should we be concerned, Gabe?
2: That is a great question, Tatum. Um, I don't think we should be concerned because opposing defenses are going to have to respect K.J. Osborne and Adam Thielen as receivers. They were not involved in the game plan as much the first two games. So Justin Jefferson was going off. And the Philadelphia Eagles kind of proved a method on how to stop J.J., Double-team him and let Kirk force the ball to him and let's intercept him. Now that Kirk has put on tape that K.J. Osborne and Adam Thielen can make plays, I think Justin Jefferson has bigger games because you can't just focus on him. The
3: entire game, if you're opposing defense, I think after week one, you were saying, you know, JJ's going to be a potential MVP candidate. I know, I. I think why would
0: af- you have to bring that no, up? No, Jay. but there's, there's a
3: point because because <laughs> week two, because week two, the Philadelphia Eagles then turned around and said, okay, hold my beer, we're going to shut him down and see what the rest of the team does. In that week two game, the offense essentially kind of floundered and and we weren't able to get a rhythm going. This week, it was the feeling of, okay, if you're going to do that again, we're going to prove to you with all of our other weapons, essentially three different running backs, three different wide receivers, three different tight ends, that you cannot just single one player and think that you're going to win this game. We have enough weapons at all of these other positions that if you are going to sit there and just say, all right, we're going to bracket coverage or three-man coverage, JJ then we're going to take the chances one-on-one with these other people and a guy like KJ Osborne is going to burn you for the game-winning touchdown.
2: And I think, honestly, that kind of – I feel like our offense performs well – in situations like that so Mm -hmm. two minute drive right two minute drive if you're a receiver you're not lined up in a personnel or a different formation hey jay nelson go line up to the left and they run this route if you do that they're in big trouble right but no i'm saying if
3: you're putting (laughs) me on that field you're in big trouble
2: yeah no pun in big jay uh yeah okay (laughs) but like in like in a two minute drill it's wherever you are on the field that's where you line up at so if you're an opposing defense you're probably still putting your focus on J.J., who's on the opposite side of the field. So for K.J. Osborne, it just opened up that you're just one-on-one,
3: he gets to just be himself, and we ultimately walk off with a game-winning touchdown. Part of that, too, was also the discussion in the offseason by the offense and defensive players saying the one thing about this offense is you try to make it look the same every single time going out there for the most part, so you can't key on which guy is actually the target for that that play. So that's, I think, by design You know, the idea that, yeah, there's going to be players who want to have the ball in their hands, but they also know that they have enough playmakers across the board that if you do primarily focus on one guy, there's enough killers out there that it's, it's going to make it happen for this offense.
0: Yes, that's the right answer. Do not overreact that JJ's not involved the last two weeks. I will still die on the JJ for MVP Hill. That's fine. I just, you know, I need a, I need to regroup and maybe come up with a better campaign slogan. I don't know.
2: Well, I mean, I Jay and, and I are getting Ron in. Johnson rapid fire questions. So. <laughs> 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 All
0: right, next one. The defense allowed 100 yards, 100 plus yards rushing in the first three games. Cause for concern?
2: No, not yet. And I'm going to say not yet because they did hold this Detroit Lions team to four yards per rush. And when you're opposing defensive line coach, Chris Rumpf, you're basically saying if we hold those guys to four yards a carry, we're in good hands. And uh, a couple of weeks ago, well, I mean, last week against the Philadelphia Eagles, it was nine yards a carry. And then the Green Bay Packers, it was like six yards a carry. And I know I'm getting very nerdy here, but the average stat line is under four. We're in good shape. So until that number gets over
3: four, then I'll start overreacting. For me, I wasn't as nervous about the run game. I was more nervous about the pass rush through the last two games. It felt like uh, week one, you know, they were definitely getting home at Aaron Rodgers and and making life miserable for him. These past two games, it felt like defensively, the rush that they were having was not putting enough of a squeeze on the quarterback pocket. And so for me, I was more concerned about the pass rush than I was actually stopping the run from the Lions. But, um, you know, there were definitely some times, especially in the second quarter, you felt like, The uh, running game for the Lions was really putting some, you know, eight, nine yards a clip uh, when they were running. Second half, they kind of tightened that up uh, decently against them. But for me, it was more of an issue of the pass rush than it was actually stopping the running game.
0: Yeah, I think I'm like a a mid-level cause of concern. Personally, I'm a little bit here nor there because I do think that these were really good. Some of the best probably that we'll see this season run games. Like there are a lot down the line that we will see that are very good, but when you face DeAndre Swift, Jamal Williams, Jalen Hurts, Miles Sanders, like I think that and even the combo of Jones and Dylan, like these are really good running back rooms. So to minim- minimize the damage, I guess, is, is what we're looking for. And um, I, I think so far it's been okay, but I'm also very week three. I don't really feel like I know this team 100%, and I only think that like they've improved a little bit every single time, even though that Eagles game was rough. I do think that this was a better showing, and so I kind of have faith that that it'll turn itself around. So yeah, that's where I stand. So I'm kind of middle in the middle yeah,
2: and the new orleans saints are the 15 best run offense in the nfl so i thought probably be like 32
0: or something it's that I, I bad mean,
2: <laughs> they are bad when it comes to well they, they're they really good when it comes to yards per rush so yeah. hopefully we can you know get back on track and keep those guys to to under 100 yards because they they are struggling right now throwing the ball it is Let's time
0: it's time to really capitalize on this one we won't get too much into that well yeah. we'll uh talk about the show next week Soon in this podcast, oh, but um, we got one more. Still, you
2: guys are still um, hungover. Oh, that, that's true. We are. They're
0: my mm-hmm. bad. <laughs> Probably shouldn't tell the fans that.
3: Most Molson Chorus. Free <laughs> <boat>. Emotional hangover. <laughs> Emotional
0: hangover. Uh-huh. Yeah, maybe for you, Jay. No, no, I'm kidding. No, I was packing. <laughs> I'm on a packing hangover. Uh, All right, last one. Lewis Seen didn't play any snaps on defense versus the Lions. Cause for concern.
2: Yeah, because... He's your first round safety, right? Like you you drafted him for for moments like this and Josh Mantelis had a really good game. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I I am a little concerned about that. Like I, I, I wanna know what it is, especially since he is on the field for special teams. So it, it clearly it's not health. So I just wanna know what it is and why haven't we seen him just yet? So, yeah, I'm a little concerned.
3: I understand people being concerned with the first-round draft pick, not seeing the field, and, and it's one of those things that like you want to see your first and second-round guys contributing. He is out there, like you said, on special teams doing that. With Harrison Smith being out for this game, there is a, a feeling like, oh, here's your opportunity. You can get out there and show something. The fact that Cam and Metellus really held their own on the back end and were, were making really good plays minimized you know, kind of the feeling of Lewis not really getting that defensive play. For me, I'm trying to be cautiously optimistic to say they're going to put the kid out there when he's finally, when they feel like, you know, he can get out there and actually do what he's supposed to do and they can trust him to do what he's drafted to do and be on this team. But is there concern? I'm not concerned for the long run. Is it disappointing because you feel like there might have been an opportunity for this week to see him do it? Sure. I, I just, it would have been fun to see what, what actually he could have done. But if you think about it, you know, you were trying to stop the run, he was really good at that at Georgia. Um, But when it came down to needing to be out there on pass pro and to be able to cover deep, especially, he wasn't out there. And I guess that would have been what would have been interesting to see just how far he progressed. So the fact that Cam and Metellus held their own, that was a great feeling for this defense because it really shows how much depth you have in that safety position.
0: I I can see both your points. I'm going to actually lean more with Gabe on this one because... I do think that there's a little bit of concern, especially when you think of the way that Cam Bynum, I know I'm not trying to like compare people side by side, but the way that Cam Bynum came in as a rookie, switched from corner to safety and subbed in for Harrison Smith, I think mid-season last year. So it wasn't week three, but it wasn't a position he was familiar playing. And so I, I do think as someone like Lewis, who played strong safety, who's been in this position before, you would think the transition would be a little bit easier.
3: The only thing that I would say about that, though, is, you know, if you give it given your point that you just made, if you if this was five weeks later and we're halfway through the season and he's still not making the field, then that's then maybe. maybe where the concern okay. is a little that's bit fair. more. For me, I look at it, though, as well, like off season wise. Yeah, he was here in the building a lot and he's been doing a lot to try to get ready for whatever reason. The fact that they identified that that wasn't the case on defense. There's a reason, at least in their eyes and hopefully whatever for the rest of the season that progress can be made and he can find himself out on the field on defense.
2: I think ultimately it's a good problem to have Yeah, when you're, let's just say Lewis is our fourth string safety. I mean, by the looks of it and by the facts that we've seen, no mm-hmm. pun intended, that he is the fourth <laughs> string safety. So Josh Mantella is getting an interception. Like that says a lot about that secondary room. So hopefully that can kind of expedite that, that learning curve for Lewis scene or get over that hump of like, okay, He's learning from three really good safeties. So when his opportunity comes, he's just going to excel
3: uh, higher than the next guy. I'd rather have a guy learn and not get burned out early than be thrown to the wolves and then you know mentally have hangups and stuff because he feels like he's not where he's supposed to be. So many times GMs, coaches, whatever, they're like, first-round draft pick has to be a starter. Get him out there right away. And, some yeah. t- and for certain players, that can ruin them and other people thrive in it for this coaching staff and for that secondary to have the riches that they currently do and to be able to take their time with this kid. Hopefully that's a sign that they're trying to do it the right way for the long run.
0: I totally agree with what you guys are saying. I think uh, that's why we called it overreaction Tuesday because we can't overreact too much about these issues or non-issues or, or what they were. I mean, I thought the first one wasn't really an issue. We still believe that they're the lions.
3: As Denny Green said, they are who we thought they were. (laughs) Love
0: that quote. Uh, And now I think it's a good time to bring in our guest for the week. I'm sure he also believes the Lions are still the Lions. We're not going to ask him that. We don't want to get him in trouble. But we will ask him a lot of questions about his 50th career touchdown. Adam Thielen coming up next.
2: Well, now it is a pleasure of being joined by the man who scored his 50th career touchdown in the NFL that ties Sammy White for fourth most in team history, Mr. Adam Thielen. Adam, thank you for joining, and secondly, congratulations.
1: Yeah, I appreciate it. Uh, It was pretty cool. I got to meet Sammy before the game. Uh, alumni weekend. So that was pretty cool. And, uh, he said, he said, you can tie it, but don't break it. So, uh, I tied it and didn't break it. <laughs>
0: I hope you break it. Right yeah. on I, mean, I think We all hope you break it. Yeah.
1: I just couldn't do it with him in attendance. Ah, uh, you know? That's fair. That's yeah. fair. Just said to had to tie him.
0: Do you know you're one of only four undrafted players now with 50 career touchdowns?
1: Yeah. So that's like the, the, the blessing and the curse of social media is you pretty much know everything, even when you don't want to know about it. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I did know that I saw that, uh, I think I tied was a Wes Welker for 50 touchdowns. Mm. Um, but, uh, most importantly, we, we won and, uh, that feels a lot better than hitting a milestone. <laughs> I'll say that.
0: Yeah. I mean, if you would have hit that milestone and then the game was lost, that probably hits a little bit differently.
1: It does for sure. I feel like everything hits different when you lose in this league. It's just, you just put so much into this game and, and, uh, you, there's so many practices and details and. Uh, it's such a long journey to get to games. You finally get there. It's like, man, it's just so it feels so good to win. And, it, and it's really tough to lose. So uh, the win felt great and uh, slept a little bit better last night because of that. I know
2: I was listening to you on the power trip earlier this week and you were talking about the play. I guess in practice, you guys have ran it a few times, four or five times The play that you scored your 50th career touchdown on and uh it, it was a great depiction of it so for our fans that are listening to this can you can you walk us through that play and then that feeling after knowing that hey it's been on social media all week that <laughs> this is the 50th that moment when you find out that hey I, I, i'm a part of history now
1: yeah no uh the play we we had been uh repping it since ota's training camp um and specifically this week uh coaches you know they, they kind of told me like, hey like i really feel like you're going to be open on this uh, throughout the week of practice, we didn't get that look uh, in practice. Uh, the ball went to different places, so I never actually caught that in, in practice. But, um, but definitely uh, what we saw on tape, what we, what we had put on tape and previously, we kind of ran a very similar play to that. Uh, it was a week one, I believe, and Justin scored on it. And so I kind of had an idea if we kind of made it look as much like that, but maybe a little wrinkle so they kind of felt like, okay, they're not trying to set us up. Um, they're trying to make it look sim or try to do the same play, but do it out of a different thing. And so we did that, and and literally three guys went to Justin, and nobody covered me. So thanks to Justin, <laughs> <laughs> it was my easiest sc- touchdown I've ever scored in my career. So that was uh, it, it's tough to score in this league. It's tough to yeah. make plays. So when you get that open and no one actually guards you, it's uh, it's kind of nice.
0: You uh, just mentioned a question I was going to ask you was the ability to have patience in this offense. Waiting for your moment. It was this was kind of your game, uh, after really kind of being quiet the last couple of weeks. What was it about this game plan or being patient kind of pays off in the long run for you?
1: Yeah, I've I've learned it through my career. You know, you uh, I always talk about you know how important experience is, right? Um, when you're a young player and people tell you that you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But then when you actually like get to this point and you've had some experience, you just, there's so many little things that you learn, uh, throughout the way that, that can benefit you. And and one of the things I've had to learn maybe the hard way sometimes is patience and uh so you know just just learning to trust the process to continue to fight to continue to try to be your best um whether the results are there or not and I feel like I feel like that stuff does like you said pays off in the long run you just have to continue to try to do your job and and not change your game because you're not getting the results so there's definitely things that I'd like to uh uh, take back from that game there's some plays that I wish I would have done a little differently but um, but, yeah, it definitely um, feels good to, to get in the mix and to try to help this team win, and that's the ultimate goal. Kevin O'Connell made a comment after the game about
2: how he had to somewhat go unscripted based off of, like, hey, this was our game plan going into the game, and then towards the end of the game it was, like, hey, we're going to put this in. And a lot of fans overreact and say, like, oh – Kevin's just drawing plays up in the dirt, but these plays are planned. Like, even some of this improvisation plays, they're planned. So, for you, as a receiver, do you prefer being able to improvise or when it's scripted to go to a certain player and it's just pure progression? One, two, three.
1: Yeah, I wouldn't say. So, So when Coach says that, uh, I wouldn't say it's, like, just, like, drawing plays up. You know, these are plays that we've practiced since OTAs training camp so we have this massive playbook right that that we've had all OTAs and training camp and then each week you put a game plan in so you take maybe this massive playbook you cut in half or maybe even less than that and that's your game plan so it's not like he's going there and just throwing stuff up that we've never done before Um, it's stuff that we've had tons of practice and reps at and so it's not really like you're just making stuff up but yeah you're going outside of maybe your game plan because you get different looks in this league it's not, it's not the same just cover two defense or cover three or man-to-man. They're throwing wrinkles at you to try to take you off your game. Uh, so you kind of have to have that ability to do that. And uh – you know, this staff does a great job of communicating with one another um, and trying to find the best way to execute when things maybe aren't going the way that we planned it to be.
0: Speaking of that playbook, a lot of the conversation leading up to this was "It's, it's fun. We're having fun playing football. It's a big playbook. We have to know so much. How do you feel like that's now translating week three or at least three weeks now into the season?
1: Yeah, I think it's a work in progress. You're still just trying to figure out how to you know navigate this offense? How to make it our own? Um, what we are as an identity? You know, we we have an idea of who we are as an, uh, in our identity, but I feel like the more games that we stack up, you start to realize, okay, well, I would have done it differently, I should have done this differently, and now next time we get that look, I'm going to do it do it the right way. Um, and you start to stack those games up, you start to learn from some of the mistakes. Luckily, when you win, it's a little easier to learn from your mistakes because um, it doesn't feel like it costs costs the game. Um, But you know that you have a sense of urgency to clean it up because you know it's so difficult to win in this league. And you know that, you know, it's just little things, little details that sometimes are the the difference between maybe uh, a first down or maybe not getting the first down and a touchdown. Uh, so so just continue to clean things up and, and it's exciting. you know we've have like you said, we have so much fun in this offense and it's such a great offense to be a part of. Uh, but it's exciting that we haven't really put our best foot forward out there yet and and our two and one. And we got the
2: next one coming up in London and you've already you've got previous history of playing out there, you've scored. Uh, playing in London overseas and j- just understanding that the sleep pattern is going to change. How true is, I guess, in years previous, sleep number gave you, gave every player like time by time of what night, what time and what night you should go to sleep. <laughs> how true is that and how beneficial is that going into a week like this?
1: Uh, do you want a real answer? Yeah. Or? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Be honest. <laughs> no, I do remember last time that we went over there and we did get a bunch of information about that. Yeah. Uh, but it kind of goes out the window <laughs> when you get there. It's you're harder. like, well, it's. Yeah. Uh, you try to do it to your best of, of your ability, uh, but at the same time, like your body's just your body. Like right. it's it's gonna do what it's gonna do. You try to use some of the tricks, like talking about like making sure that the the curtains are completely closed, so you don't see that light and wake up. Uh, so you kind of just stick on this time zone, especially coming back after not having a buy, going right into a game. So not trying to switch time zones twice. in Your body, at least. Um, so, so I think, uh, there's definitely some little things, but for the most part, you know, you get over there, they do a great job of scheduling. Hey, the flight, you're going to fly overnight. You're going to get there and it's going to be morning time there. So just trying to really just match that up, sleep on the plane, wake up, do your whole thing the whole day. You're going to be tired that next day, uh, but do your whole thing and then go to sleep. But it's it's an interesting deal because I remember last time we went, and in the game you almost felt like you were in like a different world, like like you just kind of felt a little like like okay I'm not really all here, but I'm still playing football, so let's let's figure it out.
0: That's funny you say that though, because even though you felt in a different world, you had a great performance the last time you were there. You had the, I mean, as they would say in England, you were the man of the match.
2: <laughs> the man uh, of the match. The man of the match. <laughs> uh,
0: do you? I mean. It worked well for you. So whatever you did, are you planning on repeating how you got through that? Or is this some staff providing you different ways to be prepared?
1: Yeah, they're, they're providing us uh, with some different ways. And I'm, I'm definitely going to uh, try to do that. And at the same time, you know, as athletes, we're very used to, I guess, or it's it's kind of just a natural thing for us to to handle change. Because it happens every game, every day. Um, every week there's just so much about being an athlete that you have to adapt and overcome Uh, so this is just another one of those experiences where you just have to adapt and overcome there's going to be something off I mean there's days let's just let's just be honest there's days there's games there's practices that you don't feel great but it doesn't matter you got to figure out a way to to put your best foot out there and you just kind of got to grind through it and it's probably going to be one of those games and we got to understand that they're feeling the same way so Just figure it out and 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 do
2: your best. We were doing, we had a meeting this morning, Tatum, myself, and a few other people in our meeting. And one person, Craig Peters, he said, our staff writer, he said, one thing about Adam, he doesn't save game ball. So like milestones. Like certain things you don't save. You've saved what, three or four balls in your career.
1: And maybe yeah, well, did you save the 50th? I did. So they they you know, everybody was talking about this 50th touchdown yeah. and all that. <laughs> and I was had to do interviews on yep. it just for, you know, right. before. So before it actually it happened, happens. when it happened. <laughs> right. So it's like, man, all this stuff. And, and we had been talking all week that when – when we score, we got to get Ed Ingram to spike it because number one, they get fined uh, in the line <laughs> room for doing that, and then number two, you know, he's he's a rookie. It's a pretty cool experience for those guys. You know, they don't get the ball in their hand very often, right. so right. for him to spike it. So I'm looking for Ed to give him the ball to spike it, and he said he was too tired, so he's getting ready for the uh, the field goal. <laughs> oh, he was already in the field goal huddle, so <laughs> he's going to be fined. Like, oh, that's right. I'll, I'll keep this ball. So I did. I did keep the the football, but uh again uh the team wins feel a lot better uh for me a game ball that i'll keep is if we win a super bowl i'll keep mm-hmm. that there ball so go. let's let's work on that
0: you kept the london one right from 2017
1: uh, i got a man of the match man of the match <laughs> I, got, I got one of those balls and that's in my <laughs> okay, little, uh, little display case so nice.
0: yeah because you had the epic soccer celebration too you went all in
1: yeah heck yeah i mean my wife's uh, uh she played soccer high school college so you know i kind of Been around the game. I remember watching a ton of her games in college. And then uh, my boys play soccer now. So, you know, I always got to get in the soccer spirit. I went to an Arsenal game last time we were there, which was such a cool experience. And actually – Made me a soccer fan, which I was never a soccer fan. Oh, wow. Fan. Uh, <laughs> but that game made me a soccer fan because it was so, it was the atmosphere was insane. Um, it honestly blew out any NFL game I've ever experienced. Yeah. So it was pretty cool.
2: So do you view London as a primetime game as a player? I know every game, hey, it's just another game, but like, Would you consider this, like, a big time outside of, like, it being the Saints? Like, is there any
1: extra value to this game? I've never really understood the, like, prime time thing just because, like, when you're on the football field, you're not thinking about, like, oh, it's prime time. Like, everybody's watching. Like, you just don't. Like, leading up to the week, yeah, it's cool. Like, Monday Night Football, Sunday Night Football, Thursday Night Football. It's all it's all really cool. But, like, when you're on the football, you're not thinking about primetime. You're just trying to figure out how to win and beat right. the guy across from you. Right. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so I guess I don't really think about that too much.
0: I think we're more worried about the time change this time around, too. <laughs> yeah. I'm a little worrisome myself. I don't even have to play the game, so I feel pretty lucky about that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I can sleep on a plane. you have any secrets? Oh, yeah, you'll be fine. Do you have any, like, tips? How, what do you do? Melatonin. Oh, okay, so that that, that's that so
1: Always works. You'll be knocked that'll out. Knock you anyway. out. Yeah, that'll knock you, you out. Somebody will wake you up. <laughs> like,
2: hey, we landed, Adam. Here, <laughs>
1: exactly. Not
0: bad. Not bad. Well, I appreciate you coming on today to the Minnesota Vikings podcast. Congratulations on career TD number fifty, and uh safe travels, my right. friend
1: get some sleep on that plane. Oh my gosh,
0: I'm trying. You'll be I gotta think about it. I have a today. I'm a little nervous. We'll see.
1: <laughs> when you have kids, you 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 learn that whenever opportunity you get to just sleep, <laughs> yeah. you do it. <laughs> so I'm going to take point. advantage of it. <laughs> That's
0: a good point. Well, thank you so much, Adam. appreciate your time. Thank you. Big thanks to Adam Thielen for celebrating his 50th career touchdown by coming on the Minnesota Vikings podcast. <laughs> Loved seeing that moment. You don't think that means you <laughs> Yeah. Thank you, Adam. You thank didn't you. think it was a celebration?
2: Yeah, it was. It's just like funny how
3: you said it. It's just like thank you for celebrating your 50th touchdown,
2: yeah. day, Minnesota. Basketball.
0: I think I think we were top on his list. <laughs>
3: <laughs> First thing he thought of, he caught the touchdown. He went, "Heck yeah, Minnesota Vikings!"
2: They're going to oh, ask me
0: to be on yes. MVP. Yes. MVP exactly that's got to be the first thing he thought of yeah obviously there's a lot of sarcasm behind some of this <laughs> stuff nah we're I, I love that he comes on I love that he's always willing to do media opportunities it doesn't matter if he's caught 50 touchdowns or zero Adam Thielen never says no to our media requests and it's very refreshing
3: it's great to have a guy like him in your stable you know we've definitely all dealt with different players who are a little more surly and everything fact that Adam is willing to jump on all these different th- shows, whether it's our stuff, K fan, whomever. Um, it's great not only for the the organization, but for, you know, him as a person just to show his personality and to be able to, you know, showcase what he can do. And the fact that he got his 50th touchdown yesterday yeah. is primo timing for all of us. The fact that Adam has a weekly spot on power trip
2: every <laughs> Monday, win, lose, or draw that says a lot about who he is as a person,
3: that he's always willing to do things. And uh, He's uh, he's very polished. Let me put it that way. Yeah, he's he, I think, you know, as a guy who gets all the questions, he gets the same questions, what's it like growing up in Minnesota? What's it like playing for your hometown team? You played at Mankato, watch, you know, those kind of things. There's certain answers that you can give for that and eventually You get to a point where you get kind of cold for a lot of people when they get the same questions all the time. He tries, it feels like, to give a thoughtful answer whenever you do talk to him, and that's very refreshing when working with a guy like that, so it's nice having him on the show.
0: Yep, they make our jobs easier, which is really great. So does winning, and your 2-1 Vikings are now headed overseas to try and do a little bit more of that. We turn the page to Week 4 against the Saints out at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. This is the London game. The team heads out Thursday night. Make sure to follow along on vikings.com and all of our social media channels because we're bringing you content from across the pond and back here at home. I wrote overseas, but that was kind of redundant, wasn't it? It works. Two, <laughs> two 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 ways to say across one thing. The pond, yeah. This would be overseas, technically. Uh, yeah. If you're across the pond. Yeah. Anyway, back here in the States, Gabe, what's I'm going th- on?
2: I'm over here overthinking. I'm like, across the pond. I don't know. You can be like, I was just trying to and... throw in
0: as many London puns as I could. It just kind of.
2: London Ponds or London puns? Puns. With the O or U? You? you? Oh, gotcha. I thought you said London Ponds. I'm sorry.
0: What are, what are London ponds Because you, you said across the pond. the pond
2: in the you London puns.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Wow. This is getting it's off a the Monday, rails again. It's a Monday, boy. <laughs> <laughs> this hangover is real man it's good the emotional to to a hangover yes. folks asterisk emotional hangover all right gabe what you got going on this week i know we have another episode of the audible
2: yeah we got josh Metellus, the guy we were just talking nice. about um who had the game ceiling interception on sunday against the lions he'll be teamed up with this opposing starting safety this past sunday cam bynum so it'll be good to to get both of those guys on if you know well i guess a lot of people don't know josh Metellus.
0: no i don't think so
2: so he is a character And he has a lot of personality. So I think it'll be a lot of telling him to stop talking versus (laughs) talk. So uh, stay tuned to that. And then um, we'll be taping the second edition of the Minnesota Vikings podcast across the pond in London. Uh, It'll be Tatum, you, myself, and Chris Carter. So that'll be a lot of fun. It'll be excited about that. Live ish.
0: Yeah. I mean, we're going to, it's live to tape.
2: Yeah, but with the live crowd.
0: Yeah, that's That'll why. Be a lot of fun. Yes, yeah. so it'll be a crowd. It'll be at the Bear Boy and Banker Pub in London, and yeah, it should be fun. Hopefully, there'll be some fans from from here, from back in America, as well as UK Vikings fans, because we follow a taping of the Power Trip. I think. So hopefully, oh, a bananas hopefully that bananas crowd stays, hangs out with us and Chris Carter, and then you guys who can't make the trip can listen to it on Friday at six o'clock.
3: That'll be great. Yeah. I, I think one thing that's passionate for the fans over there is the fact that if your hometown or your following team is going to actually be in your hometown, in your backyard, you're going to make every effort. But one thing that's also kind of cool about the UK games is that you get fans who are just fans of football period who are... Showing up to these kind of events wearing whatever jersey because it's the NFL in their backyard that they don't get to see very often, they get to see it maybe once a year. So, you're probably going to get a whole smattering of whether it's Vikings fans, NFL fans, whatever showing up, and you might even get some townies sitting there in the pub too, just checking out, going, What the heck's going on? Isn't this bar a Saints bar? Also,
0: so what happens is because the NFL has all these relationships in town. It is an NFL bar. I don't think it's the Saints bar, but the NFL, it may have previously been, but the NFL picks pubs and assigns them to us. So basically this one is, you know, they know that they can accommodate these crowds that we're expecting. And so they assigned us this pub. So it may have been previously, but I do not think we're sharing it.
2: Okay. So. That's good to know. Um, that would I,
0: have, I don't think that would go very well.
3: Uh, you're right. You're right. Especially with how
2: our with fans.
0: History. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Well, what I was going to say is just buy somebody a pint and they get pretty friendly at that <laughs> point. So you'll be Which fine. is funny
0: because I so we had some Love Island UK guys. Uh, well, it was a guy and a girl at the game this past week. And one of the questions I asked them was, what's the difference so far that you've experienced between American football fans and football fans? And they were like, well, you guys are mingling together, okay? Like, you're sitting by each other, there's fans from the other team like sprinkled in with your fans. They were like, when it's in like like UK football, they are on opposite sides. They do not sit by each other. And I was like, oh, wow, interesting.
3: Yeah, I went to a a Tottenham-Chelsea game when we were over there the very first time. And uh, yeah, we were in the Tottenham section and you could definitely tell there was literally security guards slash cops lining the aisles to make sure there was nothing going on between the two different sections that are right across the aisle from each other. Wow. So, yeah, it's a different vibe, but uh, it's a lot of fun. And I think more than anything, these games are always the celebration of NFL football,
0: yeah, especially
3: over it. there. And uh, it's always fun to to see the game grow over in the UK.
0: We talk about the history between the Saints and the Vikings, and I think that will be on full display on this week's episode of The Tailgate, Jay.
3: It will. We've got uh, Dante Powell is going to be our guest this week. Uh, He's a great guy. He's a lot of fun. And it's something – Cy has been lining up some of these great guests for us. There's a lot to choose from. There's a ton of football fans there down in New Orleans. Uh, Dante Powell is going to be the guest this week, and we're really looking forward to uh, being able to share some of the stories that he's got. Especially given the rivalry that this has turned into between the Vikings and the Saints.
0: Yeah, I can't wait to hear that back and forth. <laughs> it's always
3: spirited, right? <laughs> yeah. I, I think the best part is, though, I think family as a, friendly.
0: But like as a, as
3: a comedian, you know, you can find different ways to look at the situation and look at your team and then look at the rivalry. I know that New Orleans in general is not one of Sai's favorite places. So I am very curious to see what kind of conversation we get into this week. Can't
0: wait. Can't I'll wait. be tuned
3: in. <laughs> yeah. when, when can fans listen to that? So the deal is Thursday morning, the full podcast drops. If you can't get the podcast and you want to just listen to the Cafe and version, that's Thursday nights okay. at 6:30 p.m. But starting at like 7:30 in the morning, typically eight o'clock in the morning on Thursday mornings, the full podcast, which is longer typically than the, the radio version, is available for you to listen basically at your leisure. So yeah. So 1 p.m. British summertime. There you go. They'll be out there listening. Yeah. You can listen to it right before you uh, go talk to Chris Carter.
0: Love it. I love that idea. It's a bus ride from the hotel into town. So that's what you can do on the bus ride. Sounds good. Well, we've got another game day live interview for you guys. Uh, This week it's with KJ Osborne. We're excited about that one. He talks a lot about the trip to London that they took earlier this summer with Daniil Hunter To kind of, it was like a goodwill tour for the Vikings to establish the relationships there as we embark on this game this week. Excited about that. And I will just do a little tease with this. A lot of your normal everyday Vikings content this week will have a little bit of a London spin. So just keep an eye out for that. Um, Maybe a little history, maybe a little knowledge bombs. Who knows? We're just really excited to be able to share the Vikings with the United Kingdom to make this a global experience for everyone. So I know that the team is excited. They had out Thursday, as we mentioned earlier, and it's going to be kind of a short week for us, but uh, everything's on schedule, ready to go to bring you obviously all the content you need Uh, for Gabe and for Jay. I'm Tatum and thanks for listening to the Minnesota Vikings podcast. Lifetime, the official athletic country club of the Minnesota Vikings has something for every member of your family Get your family going today at lifetime.life forward slash kids.